Leadership is a four-legged chair. Now, imagine a big, beautiful chair. If any one of those legs is wobbling, you're not solid in your leadership chair. And the chair is, is an internal state. Okay, what are those legs? Lead your inner team. There are three people inside of you, three people inside of you. And you need to become the leader of the internal space. Lead your life, all seven areas of it. Lead your purpose. Obviously, you need to know what your purpose is. That can help. And lead your work projects. And it's pretty much going that in that order. Right now, I say that you're sitting in a wobbly chair. What do you think? I think so. I think there are some, some legs here that are not quite sitting. So I want to do my best to see what I can give you today to get that chair really sturdy. And to do that, I'm going to give you the four golden keys, which is the keys to how to make that chair really strong and sturdy. Are we ready for that? Okay. The first one, know your inner map. How can you navigate life if you don't know your inner map? You don't know what's going on inside of you. You don't know the characters. You don't know the conflicts. You don't know what's going on. You can't quite navigate. Cultivate internal leadership. As I said, leadership starts from within, and it starts from leading your inner being, inner self. Optimize all seven areas of life and commit to your purpose. I'm going to go one by one and explain. Know your inner map. Okay, obviously you need to know your skills, your talents, your abilities, as well as your inner road blocks. But let's be more specific. These are the three aspects of yourself. And this is an ideal look of that. You have your emotional self. You have your defensive self, and I'll explain about them. And you have your expanded self. And ideally, this is how it should look. Okay, who is that emotional self? Do you know it? Do you have emotions? You do. Your emotional self is where all your emotions live. Love, joy, 
excitement, pain, hatred, anger, despair, loneliness, all of it. It lives in your emotional self. So, I'm afraid to give you anything to share because I don't know if I can stop you. But <laughs> I want you to think of your favorite emotion. And I want you to think of your least favorite emotion. You have that? It's a very powerful part of us, the emotional self. And it needs to be nurtured, because many times it's bruised. It needs to be nurtured, supported, acknowledged, and so on and so forth. Inner work. Uh, I, I think I can skip that. You, you all know that there is some inner work to do with emotions. Your defensive self, who is that? It's the part of you that watches over your survival. It's very... It, it's, it's very... Um, how... I don't even know how to find the word for that. It's very vigilant. Um, and it's, it's really good to have that. When you're born, you're actually born with, with your emotional and your defensive together. They're like twin sisters or twin brothers. And your defensive self protects your emotion. It's your survival mechanisms. And they're good. The only thing that happens is that when your emotional gets hurt, and your emotional gets hurt at a young age, your defensive becomes overgrown overprotective, overdefensive, overreactive, because it's trying to protect your emotional. But then you were getting this kind of thing. And it becomes a cage. And that's where we can get stuck. But more about that later. And we need to distinguish our defensive self because it's, it's not going to help you be a good communicator. It's not helping you enjoy life, be free, be spontaneous, be playful, be creative because it's a very contracting force. So it's important to know. Now, there are all kinds of defensive selves. Some people become very controlling, very manipulative, very aggressive. Some other people become very hidden, shut down, isolating. Other people become nice and helpful and pleasant and they 
stretch themselves, you know, over and over and over. And it could be a mix of things, but we all have a defensive self, and it's fine. It's just, it's very important to normalize that part of us. So it's not overly defensive, overly reactive, because it's really, really in the way of life and living. And we have an expanded self. That's the third character. Uh, I, I put the Buddha here, but you could put any, any wise, peaceful, compassionate image here. This is the part of you that is your wisdom, your spiritual understanding, your compassion, your um, visionary of a better world. It's the part of you that has deep intuition. Raise your hand if you recognize that part in you. Okay, great. Now, who is the best part to be the inner leader? Is it your emotional? Talk to me, people. No. We love our emotional. Our emotional is, is beautiful. But it's not a leadership material. Is it your defensive? Thank you. We love our defensive. We need to normalize it, quiet it down, and relax it. But we want it there. You know, when I walk down the street in New York City and the bikes are almost on top of me, my defensive self is going like, hey, let's move. You know, and I want her to be there. But I do not want her overly reactive and, uh, you know, contracted and tense and fear-based. So this part is the one that you want as your inner leader and your leader of your life, your leader at work. But how do you make it? How do you make that part which you feel? You know it's there. So in the training, what I do is I, and I teach people to step into the shoes of that part. And I give that part the tools, the parenting tools, the leadership tools, to be able to work with the two others. The emotional needs love and support and healing. The defensive needs a little relaxation and so on and so forth. And you can work with them and create a wonderful team inside of you that's going to be walking with you and uh, enriching your life. 